Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Raswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you through last week's news in financial markets. In the US, most of the major equity indices ended the week modestly lower as investors weighed some encouraging economic data against worries about supply chain challenges, elevated valuations and concerns over how stock markets would respond to an eventual tightening in monetary policy. The S&P 500 was down just over half a percent. And within the S&P 500, energy shares recorded solid gains on the back of rising oil prices, while strength in the auto-related shares boosted consumer discretionary stocks. But of course, despite this, the S&P 500 was overall down during the week. Investors did ponder a few significant data surprises during the week. Core consumer prices, excluding food and energy, increased less than expected in August. And meanwhile, retail sales outside of the automobile sector, which is very volatile, jumped 1.8% in August, whereas actually many expected a decline. Over to Japan next. Japan's stock markets rose over the week, with the Nikkei 225 index up 0.39%. Campaigning began in the race to become the next president of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party and thereby to succeed Yoshihide Suga as Prime Minister. On the pandemic front, experts suggest the peak of the fifth Covid wave has largely passed. However, a close eye must still be kept on the country's overburdened medical system. The government is aiming to ease the scope of coronavirus restrictions in November once most of the population has been vaccinated. On the economic side, confidence levels among Japanese manufacturers fell to a five-month low in September. Reasons for this include the latest coronavirus wave, while carmakers reported a deepening impact of a global chip shortage. Some manufacturers have also had to contend with higher raw material prices. In other news, while exports rose in the month of August, it rose by a much lower amount than many had forecasted. The spread of the highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus in Asia and supply chain blockages impeding auto shipments both constrained export growth in Japan. So over to China. Following some positive weeks for stock markets, stocks fell sharply in China last week. There are various reasons why. Weak economic data coming out in the month of August, a fresh coronavirus outbreak in the Fujian province, the growing debt crisis of embattled property developer China Evergrande Group, and the threat of tighter gaming regulations in Macau all dampened investor sentiment. The CSI 300 index of large cap stocks fell over 3%. On the economic front, China's August indicators were surprisingly weak underscoring the impact from continued coronavirus outbreaks across the mainland. So let's come to Europe next. Shares in Europe weakened as concerns about the impact of the coronavirus's Delta variant on the global economy outweighed expectations of continuing central bank support. The Eurostox 50 was down almost 1%. There was not much news coming out of Europe last week, but there was a report that suggested that the European Central Bank could begin raising rates as soon as 2023, and that it is likely to hit its 2% inflation target by 2025. 
Now, whilst the European Central Bank said that this report was inaccurate, investors were somewhat spooked by the report and something that they'll be keeping a close eye on going forward. On the COVID front, the Italian cabinet ruled that the country's 23 million public and private sector employees must show a green pass, providing proof of vaccination, a negative test or recent recovery from infection from the 15th of October in order to avoid sanctions or even suspension from work. And finally, let's come to the UK. The FTSE 100 fell just shy of 1%, but the more domestically focused FTSE 250 fell just 0.3%. Inflation in the UK jumped to over 3% in August, its highest level in more than nine years. The Office for National Statistics said that much of the spike was due to a substantial drop in restaurant and cafe prices last year and meaningful increases this year. The Bank of England, in common with its counterparts in the EU and the US, has always insisted that rises in inflation in coming months would be transitory. But, of course, it must now explain to the government why prices have risen so quickly and what it intends to do about it. Clearly, all eyes will be on this week's meeting of the Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee. Meanwhile, company payrolls rose by a record 241,000 in the month of August, while the unemployment rate fell to 4.6% in the three months ending the 31st of July. On the flip side to this positive news, retail sales fell for a fourth month in August. On the COVID front, Boris Johnson unveiled a plan to prevent the NHS from being overwhelmed by the coronavirus in winter, starting with vaccines for children aged 12 to 15 and booster jabs for those 50 years and older by Christmas. However, if the NHS does come under unsustainable pressure, vaccine passports could be imposed for mass events and face masks could become mandatory. So overall markets fell this week, with some key data coming out across the world. In the US, inflation appears to be falling, but investors worry about the impact of tightening monetary policy. Japan continues its positive trajectory thanks to the optimism of an incoming, but yet to be elected, prime minister and the successful acceleration of their vaccination campaign. In China, the fresh coronavirus outbreaks continue to have an impact on the economy, and over in Europe and the UK, all eyes are on inflation and what this might mean for interest rates from here. That's it from me this week. I'll be back again next week with more. Till then, have a good week. This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.